What's up, all you VCP listeners out there? Guess what? Another bonus episode coming at you. This is Travis talking with Jeremy Hahn from C2E2. And then we have Travis talking to Tim Seeley about his run on Bloodshot. So we hope you like the bonus episode, me, Dewan. And Travis will be back sometime next week with a new episode to talk everything Valiant. So, hashtag stay Valiant, my friends. Anyway, Jeremy Hahn, artist, final witness. How's the con going? It's great. It's been a good time so far. It's been a good show. I always like getting Chicago is kind of one of my favorite spots. It's a good show and a good city. I like it. Okay, so I think it's fair to say, amongst the offerings that are coming up for Valiant, Final Witness, kind of one of the more intriguing ones. Don't really know what to expect. Good. That's, that's our goal. That's, uh, you know, we're trying to set it up in the right way, kind of, uh, we got, we, we're putting a lot of love into it. Uh, I think that Ray and I are telling the exact kind of story that we like to do with this, and, uh. It's it's kind of really exciting that we can we can take that and bring something new and different to Valiant that's going to fit in so perfectly well with everything that we uh, know and love from the line already. Hell yeah! So have you worked with Ray before, or yeah. is it the first time? Yeah. No, uh, Ray and I have worked together a couple times. We did uh, the Riddler for for uh, DC, the, the big villains initiative that they did a few years ago. Uh, Scott Snyder and Ray and I all worked together on that that book, and then uh, we Ray was working on Constantine over for DC, and the last uh, the last arc of that that particular iteration we got to do together, and that was a lot of fun because I mean kind of kind of like with Final Witness, it was us saying this is exactly the kind of story that we want to tell. We were both old old school Hellblazer fans. And while I love the idea, and I think that, that Constantine can work in the DCU, we wanted to tell a rough, dark story. And uh, and we managed to make it happen there, which is kind of fantastic. Uh, you know, and so now we're just bringing that energy to the new thing. So... I mean, Hellblazer is very supernatural, right? Like, is, is is that an element of this story as well, or like, like I know it's serial killer, yeah, right? Like, like a super serial killer, right? So maybe, maybe there's something supernatural I mean, about it. I, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to give it all away right away, but there's something happening uh, there. You know the uh, the witness has some kind of abilities, and something is building. Uh, but you know, uh, I don't know, I don't really want to say where that comes from yet. You know, he's 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 not he's not John Constantine. He's something new. Yeah. So did you design the character from the ground up? Was was that you or? or we, we had a lot of conversation about the character in the beginning, and and one of the things that um, that I, I we took a risk on, and I really love the idea of is is the witness is a street level 
character. We're, we're seeing the beginnings of this thing, and uh, it's it's quite literally a motorcycle helmet and and kind of motorcycle body armor kind of stuff. But it's it's very believably what someone would pull on to hide their identity, and you know it's it's a it's a practical, accessible, protective thing. So uh, so. You know, we, we came up with something that worked, and we're like, you know, it's obviously going to change and morph as as things develop. But for right now, I mean, this is this is year one, you know, of, of this character, and uh, it, it's it's nice to come up with a look that we felt was iconic. Because I mean, you know, the especially like when you start dealing in like like the the very simple iconography of the Valiant universe. You know, I think. Bloodshot is one of the simplest, most perfect character designs out there. You got this, this, you know, that like, zombie pale skin you know, with that red, that, you know, the red circle on the chest, and it's like you pick out those iconography, those iconic images, the iconography of it, and then you know you you but you keep it simple, and, and that's what we really wanted to do with this. There's a a great part of part of the ability that. I'm being so cagey about that uh, that that the witness has, and it's this sphere that that kind of floats in front of it, and uh, and you know what that is and where that comes from. We're going to build to, but I really love the idea that you have the simplicity of that armor to this visual that kind of sort of harkens back to things we've seen all throughout you know the history of Valiant. So I feel like that implies that. This is chapter one for a character that will be around and, and like we can expect to be you know incorporated into future stories. I mean I think you guys are gonna be blown away, you're gonna want more. So uh, that's that's the, that's that's what we need. Uh, you know, and I mean especially when we reveal that it's just bloodshot under there. Oh, am I not supposed to talk about that? But, yeah, yeah. It's not no, it, no it's really it's, it's not bloodshot under there. No. So it's ninja. It's on the rectus. Yeah. <laughs> like, is is the character kind of a detective? Like, is it is it fair to say that they're trying to to maybe maybe solve the mystery in the same way that the the other players in the in the story are? Or I, I really love that this is kind of this is. Is kind of a, a you know triple hander. We've got we've got uh, a police detective, uh, a reporter, and then a hero, and and we're seeing those three points of view as they converge, and they're all being pulled towards this thing. And and as as the story progresses, as things go, we're going to to see exactly what that does. You know. Uh, I think they all have different reasons that they're seeking this truth, what's going on. Um, it's going to get a little crazy along the way. Okay, so I, I've i read some of your stuff with Beauty, and I was struck reading that, how gritty some of the, like, violence, etc. has gotten. And, like, you know, there's certainly some cadavers along the way there right. can we expect some of that there like I mean, 
you know, I like to, I like to, I don't know. For somebody, I'm, I'm such a, I, I like horror movies. Uh, I like, I like drawing kind of gross stuff. Uh, I'm a complete wimp outside of that. I don't, I don't really want to, you know, like, I, I've got friends that they're like, you know, if, if there's, if there's a character missing a head, they're going to research that and they're going to like, I'm like, I don't really want to actually look at that. I've read enough, you know, I've read enough comics. I've seen enough movies. I took anatomy classes. I know basically what that's going to look like. I'm really not going to go too crazy with it. Um, there's some there's some pretty intense, brutal stuff uh, that's happening, and especially as the story goes on, that kind of gets a little more intense and a little crazier. There's, uh, you know, I, I, I love one of the things about about the character that I really enjoy is is the idea that we're getting to we're getting to have a hero that is a rescue that, that is trying to save you. you know there there is a very in, in, in clear intent that that this character has and and kind of it's almost that like that that purity of wanting to help in a world that is gritty and is gross and is pretty brutal and uh, yeah I'm gonna get to draw some kind of cool stuff along the way I don't know good shit man we, we were talking about that uh, from the, the lens of faith yesterday and how you incorporate a character that is so aspirationally heroic in a universe that otherwise is morally gray and like yeah there's no like good guys and bad guys quote unquote like I, you know I don't know like people don't net generally see themselves in that lens well, there's there's the reality of what we are as humans, and then what we want to be, and, and I think that 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 you know, I mean, at its heart, that's a lot of like like the our ideals and the moral gray area of all of this is is, is a central tenet of this story. It's, it's it's something that we're going to come back to every single time. Uh, I like the idea that we want to be good, and we want to do good things, and. Sometimes the world lets us, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, maybe something that's really gruesome, or, or you know, like we'll, we'll bring out the heroism and somebody who otherwise was on the fence, or yeah, yeah, or you know, you'll get characters that are asked. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you look at humanity across the board, and it's it's it's, it's, it's in classic stories throughout time, it's like you put someone in a really tough situation and then you find out what they have to be or what they can be. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. Uh, thanks very much, Jeremy. Good to talk to you. Uh, and you are at what booth at, at C2E2? Uh, Q10. Q10. For anybody who's here at C2E2, the next day, come by. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks and then you get the Tim interview. All right. We're rolling. All right, hit me. All right, so we're here with Tim Seeley. Tim, how's the con going? Busy as shit. <laughs> Quite. Yeah. Well, All right. That's good. I mean, that's the. I'm, I'm impressed that people showed up. You know, people are excited to be here. It's February. I think there was some concern over whether. You know, you can move the show to February and still people show up, and it apparently does not matter whatsoever. People will show up. It's not that cold, but it could have been. Yeah. 
I'm really a fan of all the coronavirus cosplays we've seen here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's some morbid shit, and I, I mean, I try for one, salute it. It's very morbid. That's on brand, right? It's totally on brand. Yeah. Okay, so I believe we were talking at the, uh, the panel about your approach to a lot of stuff being kind of horror first. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So I'm, I'm probably that guy first. You're trying, are you trying to bring that to the, the new Bloodshot series? Well, I think it was already there. I mean, he, he's basically a horror character. He's, you know, in the way that Frank, the original Frankenstein story is a horror story, but it's also it's a science fiction story. But it's about, you know, basically technology being used to reduce the humanity of someone, right? And that's what Frankenstein is about, and that is what Bloodshot is about. So, you know, playing this idea that a modern Frankenstein would be turned into a weapon. All those sort of things are there, you know? So I just, for fun, sort of elaborated on that and added, you know, aesthetically it's already Frankenstein, so aesthetically why not add vampires, werewolves, and ghosts? But they serve different functions in the story. I have to say, that was one of the most intriguing things of the run so far, was this kind of enclave that was these weird... The Last Flush? The Last Flesh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but not only are they uh, vampires and werewolves and such, but they're also cyborgs, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're high-tech vampires in, in the way that they basically, you know, to further the, the human race and the idea that there's going to be some kind of apocalypse, maybe virus, maybe, I don't know, uh, that they've learned to feed on blood as a, a way to, to, when food and all this sort of thing goes away, there'll still be people to eat that was their theory so they're, they're vampires basically but they're like Mad Max apocalypse cult or vampires so and the character Eidolon was you know raised by these people and used as a, a sort of um, tracker for them to find people to add to their legions cool uh, <laughs> yeah I mean I, I'm intrigued also by kind of the interplay with uh, with the Psyots yeah uh, yeah I mean and that's a long standing you know, Valiant Universe building uh, block. You know, it comes from Harbinger, and uh, you know, to me, it's kind of the it's they're the X Men of the of the Valiant Universe to some degree. And it, the approach to Valiant has always been like superhero, but sort of grounded in this um, corporate military sort of world. And in the uh, Harbinger sales, you know, the, the Harbinger uh, company is run by a, like a, a Syad who's a you know, Toyo Harada, who's a, who's a rich corporatist, and, and so there's instead of having Charles Xavier in the Marvel Universe, which is a kindly, uh, you know, college professor, in the Valley Universe, the guy who goes out to the the children with powers is like, you know, basically like a shitty Jeff Bezos, right? Like, or shittier, shittier. And so that establishes the tone for that universe, right? So... I think that, you know, that's an interesting starting point to use these characters. Then how would that expand throughout the, the a universe where, you know, we know Bloodshot was used to track these people down. And, and um, so that's always been part of his story. And so if Bloodshot is about people using people, reducing their humanity for their function, then, you know, Syats in the story are used for whatever their skill is. You know, their Eidolon um, is a tracker and... And uh, she's good for finding other people like her, and, and, and so that, that she becomes useful. I mean, I guess that raises to me the ethics of Eidolon's character, like powers. Yeah. Kind of in, in that, like, she can manipulate people's 
Yeah, their DNA. DNA? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. In a, in a context where maybe you need consent for that kind of thing, like, sure. like no, there's I, some morally gray stuff at oh, play there. Much. It's like, oh, let me tweak everything about who you are. And, oh, like, we'll even see the, it. Is it, is she seven or eight, where we realize... Did you read seven? I don't want to give something away if you didn't. Oh, okay. Well, that you're, that question is definitely going to get asked this, in issue seven or eight. Seven. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, yeah, there's definitely some moral questions to this. And that character, I mean, we kind of play her like, you realize she's, you know, one of the things she says to Bloodshot is, you're so inefficient. You keep stopping to save these people. You keep doing all these things. And it's so, it's bad business. And, and Which that's how she was raised. So... For her, one of the intriguing things about him is that he keeps doing these things that are completely illogical, but they're compassionate. And Bloodshot is obsessed with... He can't stop himself from being compassionate. Even though he... It would be... You know, one of the things he also says in, the, in the, earlier in the, the stories, if he really wanted to be stopped being used by people, he would just seal himself in a concrete vault and dump himself in the Marianas Trench and save us all from him. But he can't, because he keeps coming back. So it's kind of an intriguing, conflicted character. Indeed. Uh, I mean, I guess that raises a question for Bloodshot of, uh... Oh. Mm. <laughs> I had something really interesting. Oh, you go. Uh, I mean... Like... Bloodshot is still an independent operator, and to your point, he's always trying to do the right thing, right? Like, like he woke up and he realized, like, oh, I'm on the wrong side. So really, he's his whole existence is trying to make up for kind of past bad deeds. Absolutely, and that's borne out in this series as well. It's like that's why he's trying to help out Elon in the first place. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he feels responsible for her, and he is, you know. I mean, so how does that jive with, like, the Burns, who very much kind of seem like basically a terrorist organization? Which they wouldn't see that themselves as, right? I mean, to them, they were... And I think, you know, you see this a lot in the real world, and obviously we're distilling these things into digestible, fun comic book bits, but, you know... There's a lot of terrorists that hate America that are probably somewhat justified. We did shit to them, you know? Like, that's just a fact. It doesn't justify what they did, but they hate us for good reason. And so, you know, you're playing this sort of story where I think, you know, we kind of see these guys are, they were wrong, right? This happens to people in the real world all the time, where, you know, loyalty to country or loyalty to, even, even down to the level of, like, loyalty to a company isn't rewarded that much anymore and these people will use, they will use you and abuse you and drop you in a second so are these guys pissed off for a good reason I mean that's up to you right there's there's a way to interpret them as you know they're bad guys but also they may be sort of right you know I, that, I think you need that in in these modern sort of takes on um, it even goes back to Dr. Doom I mean to some degree there are things about Dr. Doom or Thanos that are you could agree with the way they do it is what makes them the bad guy you know mm-hmm. yeah right. you guys need anything signed up or anything? oh Holy just shit. look at Violet Battle Beast <laughs> Battle Beast pins shirt Steve, Steve. look at his pins look at those pins 
Yeah. Ryan Brown, see those? What's that? Ryan Brown is the biggest Battle Beast collector on Earth. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you show them, he'll shit. They'll probably try to buy him off you. <laughs> okay, final question. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we saw Cassie Slash yeah. in one of the, the recent issues. Yes. She may have Is that up. the real Cassie Slash? I mean, or, we will never know, right? Because it could have been somebody in cosplay. It but, could have been. Could have been. But we're asking you. Um, when you when you wrote that, yeah. was that written or was? Uh, yeah, I. Well, I mean, Brett and I were talking about it because uh, he was looking for people to put in the background. And I told him, "Well, if it makes it easy for you, you can just put Cassie back there." And he was like, "Great, I'd love to." And he drew her in there, which for me was cool because you know I grew up with his work, and that's it's awesome for me to have him draw my character stuff. So. Uh, but it was just a little bit of fun, I think. You know. We always try to keep ourselves entertained, and that was a great way to do it for me. All right. Well, okay. That suggests one final question. Okay. Which is, coming from an artist perspective, yeah. how does that influence your writing? You know, do, do, yeah. do, does that influence the way that you write something? Do you leave Absolutely. stuff? Well, I, I, I tend to write to the artist, so, you know, I know what, what Brett is really good at, and I, and I get excited about it, so I try to write... Uh, stories that he will illustrate really well. And I think, you know, Ryan wrote a story for Mark Lamming that I'm doing something different, you know. He, he's, he's got a different approach, he a different style, so I wrote a more primey sort of wider story for him. Um, and, you know, I think that's good. I think that's part of the process of comics is collaborating. So, you know, I like, I like having things loose enough that I can be inspired by my artists. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a collaborative process at, at its best, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, well, I think that'll do it. Tim, thanks, thanks so very much. much. Thank you, man. Stay valiant. Will do. <laughs>